Hello and welcome to the Rathbeacon Pinecast, where myself and Dinny Murphy chat to Rathbeacon GA legends young and old. Mostly old, I suppose. Dinny, who's a Rathbeacon legend in his own right and ever-present shot-stopper for the hurlers, and myself will be asking a few of our stars at home and abroad questions about their lives, their sport, and most importantly, Rathbeacon. This week we spoke to Lau the legend Cormac O'Neill. He told us about his hopes for the year ahead, how he ended up playing football for the club, and the year he tried to teach us about fouling in the bowl, something he's still explaining to this day. Enjoy the chats, and let us know what you think. Hi lads, welcome to the first episode of the Rat Peak and Pinecast. Cheers. Cheers, you, lads. Great to be here. Welcome, Cormac. Thanks, thanks for being the, the first guest. Welcome to the podcast. No bother. It's an absolute honour to be the first, that's for sure. <laughs> so Cormac, um, so we're gonna have a you know a chat about Rat Peak and, and GA and stuff like that. But you know, we'll start off like Cormac, that's not a Cork accent you have, right? So how did you end up in Cork or what's the background here? Yeah, no, no, it's it's not. No, um, I've tried my best to make it a Cork accent over the years, but just it, it hasn't worked. Um, so yeah, how did I end up here? It's an interesting one, right? Because I came to Cork in 1999 uh, was when I first came to Cork. I came back from uh, America and uh, I was there for a number of years and I came back and I was in Dublin working working for the boss, as the fella says, in Dublin for a year. And myself and a couple of friends of mine uh, had a wacky idea to set up our own company. Um, and we set it up in uh, Castletown's and down in, in West Cork, just outside Skibbereen. Um, and a lot of people think I came to Cork because uh, I'm married to a Cork woman. Um, but that's not actually true, right? There's nothing wrong with Cork women. They're great. It's a great reason to come to Cork. But it's not the reason I came here first, right? So myself and my two buddies, we set up a company um, out of his converted farm shed uh, in Castletown's end. Um, uh, we converted it into an office and we were one of the first companies in Ireland to do, um, to do online travel into Ireland and the UK across the internet. The internet was a newfangled invention back in 1998, 99. Um, so we set it up in, in rural West Cork. And um, so, yeah, I lived, uh, I lived there uh, a great time in West Cork. Loved it. Bloody um, Castletowns and uh, Skibbereen, that area. Um, really good fun down there for a number of years. Uh, eventually, anyway, um, <clears throat> I got married, uh, Claire and myself got married, and we moved up to Rappeak in, in 2000, and I think it was 2007, uh, we moved into the, to the locality here. So after a good few years um, down in West Cork, it was time to make it up to the big smoke um, and get up here to Cork. So that's, yeah, that's how I ended up uh, down in Castletown's end of all places. Stuff. And um, in Lowth, Cormac, what level did you play at there? Was it any success? Oh, Jesus. Like, so in Loud, um, so I left uh, my hometown, a place called Dunleer in County Loud, uh, kind of around the age of 17. Um, I went, or 18, 17, 18. I went to college up the north in Derry. Um, so I kind of, I, I, it's not that I, I stopped playing for my local club at that stage because you were, you were kind of traveling up, up and down. Um, now, my local club was called St. Kevin's. 
Uh, I played, um, our grade at the time was junior A. Uh, and I actually played junior A at the age of 15. Um, for, for that's, that's the highest I got with St. Kevin's. Um, did we win anything? Jeez, we won a couple under 16 things. All right. But we never, uh, when I was there now, we were struggling, right? We were, we were struggling. We weren't great. Like, you know, we were, um, we were a really small club, very like, very like Rack Peak in, uh, in fairness, and not too dissimilar to Rack Peak. And we'd struggle to put out a team, uh, you know, every now. It's the classic stuff. You'd go to a match, you'd get togged out in the car and <laughs> go on. This is before, <laughs> before the era of, of dressing rooms. Um, and you'd get togged out and you'd play away and, you know, you, the, the, the showers were a bit of a luxury. Now, they did come later on. Um, uh, the club's actually doing phenomenally well now. I think they're intermediate. Um, they've gotten, because they're so close to, to Dublin and they're right on the bypass, uh, the St. Kevin's has done very, very, very well. So, like, I went, um, I kind of stopped playing in my er, 2021, even earlier. And when I went to America, I didn't ball for the four years I was out in America. Um, and, uh, okay. you know, didn't kick a ball then until I came back home. So I didn't have too much success with St. Kevin's. Well, brilliant club, and I still keep an eye on it, and I'm still in touch with the, with the lads back there. We weren't, weren't successful in my day. Good stuff, Cormac. So <laughs> then you came to, as you mentioned, you came back from America, and you went to, down to West Cork, which is a bit of a football stronghold. Did you play football down there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I went down, and everybody down, so Castle, Castle Townsend is Castlehaven, right, as, as you know, and Castlehaven, like, when I went down there, I didn't clue who Castlehaven was, it just <laughs> meant nothing to me, um, but uh, everybody who could, you know, walk, pick up a ball, uh, and there's no Horland, Castlehaven, just no, no Horland whatsoever, it's, it's to just live, die, and eat, um, eat football. So uh, I went down and I started playing with them. You know, I, I, I love loved playing football. The only reason I didn't play in America is because, Jesus, it was, it was hatchet stuff out there, like absolute hatchet stuff. But anyway, um, so I started playing with Castle Avon. Uh, I played, uh, went down with their junior, their junior trees, which would be junior Bs or Cs, I think. It was called junior trees down in West Cork anyway. And uh, we had brilliant crack. That was, uh, that was football at a very social level. Um, you know, there was a bit of training, there was a bit of this, there was a bit of that. But every after every game, we went for points. We had some unbelievable sessions down there, like just savage, really, really great crack. Um, we won a few, we won a few bits and bobs uh, uh, down there. But it was just, it was for me, it was brilliant to get to know the the, the locals, to get to know people in the area, um, like the GAA. Is, is a great, a great organization for that. Like if you travel anywhere and you're into GA, just get involved with them because you'll get into the community. I'm sure it's the same if you're into soccer or rugby. It's just, I don't play those sports, so I don't know. But um, with GA down there, I got to know so many people uh, just through playing for the club. Um, and phenomenal time. Just a great mix, great mix of, of serious sport, but crack at the same time, you know. They were quite successful back then, Castlehaven, right, around that time? They were. Yeah, they were, they were, they were very successful. Um, they had, you know, the likes of John Cleary, um, all the Catalans playing for them. Uh, now, they would have been towards the end of their career um, at, at that stage, you know. They were, there, was a new, there was a new, the younger Catalans coming on um, and a bunch of other new guys coming in there, Horleys and, and um, 
were, were youngsters and they were starting to come up. Uh, I think when I was there for, for the, like I, I played junior A and I had um, a couple of outings with the senior team, went up through the ranks and a few outings. But the thing is, right, the thing is, once you get into that senior, you boys, and once you get into that senior grade, while there's a bit of crack, it's serious stuff. Right? You gotta, you gotta commit, you know, 100%. The level of dedication you have to do is, is phenomenal. Um, absolutely phenomenal. And I was getting towards, it, it seems funny now to see I was getting towards the end of my career and I fucking still, excuse the language, still playing. But, you know, I was getting, I was getting into my thirties and, you know, you're kind of, for senior football, it's tough to, it's tough to keep it at that. Just the level of commitment um, is unbelievable. Uh, and, you know, yeah, my hat's off to Castle, to Castle Haven. They just run an unbelievable club from top to bottom. And the level of commitment from the community is, is you know, second to none without a shadow of a doubt, you know. But, um, yeah, great times down there. Great, great, uh, great fun with them, that's for sure. Good stuff. You went from Castlehaven to Rathpeakin. Did you feel obliged because you had married a Rathpeakin woman to play for the club? <laughs> or was it just to get to know people? <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, so I moved here. Let me think now for a second. I moved here in 2007. That would have made me 33 or 4, I think, around that age, right? 33 or 4. So, you know, after playing for Castlehaven, you're playing at such a high level. Um, only briefly, now, briefly, but you were training at such a high level and you knew what it took. When I came here... I just thought that was it, you know, pick up the old golf sticks and start hatcheting away uh, on the golf course because <laughs> your football career is done. And then um, uh, uh, in, in the meta of, of Rap Peak and the, this country squire, I was down there one night and um, obviously had a few too many, obviously had a few too many because... The next morning, uh, Mick Buckley arrived at my doorstep out here. And sure, I, hadn't, I didn't remember anything from the night before. Right? And no, Mick arrived at the door and he had transfer forms in his hand. <laughs> transfer forms. I was like, Mick, what's, what's the story? Uh, so I barely knew Mick like, at the time. But obviously, uh, the night before, I had committed. I promised to transfer to, to Rapik and... Um, I couldn't, couldn't re- recall it, uh, but anyway, so uh, I transferred, and yeah, <laughs> best thing I ever done, absolutely best thing I ever done. Um, delighted because it would have been easy now not to do it, right? It would have been easy not to transfer, um, and yeah. just you know, tip along and do whatever. So, no, I didn't feel obliged, um, to, to transfer for because I'm married to a Rapika woman. I felt obliged because I'd given a commitment the night before after about 20 points that I couldn't remember. <laughs> you weren't, so you weren't, you weren't the first comer, and you won't be the last. It happens. You think I felt it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You, you said comer, that's like maybe 12, 13 years ago now. You know, you've had a lot of matches under your belt with the club, so so you did have frightening, a- isn't it? Any standout moments like. The last twelve years of Rapik, and there must have been a few, you know, days you remember. Like, no, like, there, there was. Like I think, um, and you're right. Like it's almost like a, it's a, it's a second career when you you know when you go again. It was brilliant. I mean, I, I know it might sound corny, but like you know, I love every time you go out and play. It's brilliant. I think it's great to be able to to get up and actually go out and play. Um, you know, there's there's lots of people can. So if you're in a position where you can put on your boots, tog out and go out and play and give it your best. That's, that's a privileged position to be in. So I've enjoyed every single match when that's without exception. There are ones that will always stick in, in your memory. Like I've, I've always, um, 
love playing over in Ballinlock. I think it's a it's it's a great pitch on a on a big open pitch on a on a sunny day. Um, you know, for me, I would have played most of my my football with Rat Peak and in the forward line. Um, forward loves nothing better than a big open pitch on a dry day, good pitch. Um, I've always enjoyed going out there. Um, you know, for a back, it must be a nightmare to have to to cover to cover the ground. But um, anytime we've played out there, I, I've enjoyed it. Actually, the, 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 the one game that I'll always remember, um, and it's when we were managing Dinny, uh, was the um, the league final. Was the, was it the final or the semi final? Might have been the, was it the final. I can't remember now. But when we beat Whitechurch over in the pitch. Uh, over uh, oh god we're going back a good few years now but I think Whitechurch were on their, their drive for five or whatever it was at the time and they, they had all the flags up on our pitch and they, they obviously thought they were going to rock up and uh, and win uh, the game but that was the most that was the most pleasing game um, because the level of commitment that the boys gave it was, a, it was around winter time I remember Mr Hennessy made a, a, an appearance that day did he if I recall correctly that was we we did we threw him in we threw him in and he scored he scored a point from sixty yards with the outside of his left boot um uh, that sailed over the bar but that was that was brilliant that game was fantastic it was it was entertainment nonstop from start to finish and it was just a sheer like there was no way those you know fifteen stroke twenty five uh, rap peaking players were coming out off the pitch that day without winning that game you could tell it. You know, from the minute the ball, not even before the ball was thrown in, there was a sense that, you know, lads were just going to die on the pitch before they lost. Um, it, it, you know, so that you, was a good one. Yeah, uh, it's good you bring it up because it's like the, the local rivalry kind of brings something out in it, doesn't it? And I, I guess, Comrick, you know... It's, yeah, big time. It's a small mm-hmm. club, but that, that what you just described, or what, what makes the small club special? You talk about being at Dunleer was a small club, down West Cork, bigger club, obviously, and then Rapikin being a small club. What's... What, what makes it so special in your opinion? Yeah, like, do you know what? It's, it's, like, the, uh, it's like the siege mentality that small clubs have. Um, you know, just to kind of digress a wee bit here, like, you know, in, in, in business, if you're, if you're a small company and you've got really large competitors, you get this kind of like siege mentality where, you know, it, it's you against them, you're the David, they're the Goliath. Um, and it really knits, uh, it can really knit a team together. Um, you know, and I think there's an element of that in Rapikin. We're surrounded by, you know, let's face it, much larger, um, more successful clubs uh, down through the years. You know, whether it's Blarney, whether it's, you know, the Piercy that way or you, even even Whitechurch, in fairness, you know, they've had uh, a lot of success. So, you know, I, I think you get um, anyone who's, who, who, who has a love for dogs will always know that um, you know, it is the uh, it is the small terriers that give the biggest, the biggest, the biggest bark and the biggest fight. You know, um, and they're the ones that have that kind of, you know, that that fight in them. So I, I think Rapikin uh, has always uh, has always had that. Now, look, there's difficult times there. Um, it's funny because, like. Most small clubs have a focal central point. You know, they have they have a church, a pub, a shop, a school, um, and that's their that's their focal point. It's their central bit, and things tend to be built around that. Now, Rapikin is two out of the three of those. We have a school and a pub. Um, we're missing a church and we're missing a shop. Uh, but I think that community element really tends to galvanise. Uh, galvanizes a club and it might sound funny but if we had a, a church and a, and a shop we'd be even a, be- <laughs> a better club 
because uh, it tends to be a magnet that draws that draws people in. You know, I think that's a long-winded answer to the question, but it's it's tangible, right? You can see it. But I think what what's the the uh, the great thing about Rapikin is there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of players like me, right? So um, you know, blow-ins, guys who've come from you know other parts of the country. Uh, uh, yet we've come in and we feel like we're part from very early stage. You feel like you're part of the club. You know, you're welcomed in. Um, you know, everybody's everybody is is friendly to you. Um, you know, and that's that's a great thing to be able to do. Not all clubs are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cormac, just as your football manager, um, is there anything you change about the game of football today? Like, are you a fan of the forwards mark or the mark in general? So I, I think I think. See, I, I like the mark, and I'll tell you why, because I'm actually, one of my strongest points uh, playing football was an ability to catch a ball. Right? I could actually do that. Um, so, you know, if the mark uh, had been brought in um, uh, while I was playing, you know, full-time, um, or at my at my peak, not full-time, uh, I'd have scored a lot more because I would have caught a lot of ball around the... Uh, no, I probably would have kicked half of them wide anyway. But uh, So I, I actually like the mark. Um, uh, I don't think... And it'll be an interesting one, so can we use it. Uh, we use it in the year ahead. But um, I think it'll be an interesting one to see, to see how it develops. What I don't like about it is... Um, it's, got, it's, it's hard. I've seen a few games where marks were given, and in my opinion, they weren't proper marks, right? They weren't, you know, it didn't look like the right distance. You know, they were dubious type of marks. Um, so it's going to be a hard one to, to, to police. Uh, you know, maybe they'll go back to just a mark off a kickout, um, you know, so uh, yeah. that may be where to go. And I like that because, you know, like fielding is definitely something that's kind of diminished or has kind of gone out of the game a little bit, you know, and I, I grew up watching, you know, like Jack O'Shea tearing through the air, catching, you know, super balls. Um, and you like, the likes of those guys like Jack O'Shea and that you idolized them because they could, they could, they could, they could do that feeling. And, Oh, who's your man in Cork? Teddy Mack was, he was, he's another guy who could pull a ball out of the air. Um, you know, and that's, to me, that was, that was magic stuff. You don't see that as much now, right? So if you look at it now, it's, it's kind of like, it's almost like American football. Like the kickouts is like an American football play, right? So your goalkeeper is the quarterback and there's a set play in motion and the player runs and it's a little pop pass, which is a pop kick, right? Or, or it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's like you're calling a play on a kickout. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Right? That's that's the way it's evolved, and Dublin have 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 driven that. You don't want you don't want the game to go down that kind of like that route too much. You know, I, I think that's why I, I like the the mark. The one thing that they have changed that I really do like that I didn't like. I thought the black card was a joke. Um, you know, the black card where a guy could get a black card and somebody else could run straight in. You know, teams were playing that. They were they weren't starting their best team. You know, they were starting. You know lads who were there to do they won't nobody will ever admit this right but the lads were put out to do a job they got a black card and guess what a better player came on to to replace them um so i think they've done a really good uh, a really good job on that yeah you know there, there, there's no doubt about it the, uh, the the final thing um that i i would change and i don't have the answer to this is <clears throat> i hate to see the way that players can run down a clock uh in a game you know, there might be five minutes to go and they can, oh, yeah, yeah. 
teams can can run down the clock by just keeping the ball and passing it over and back with no intention. Like you know, Dublin are they're not the only ones, but they're masters mm-hmm. at it. Um, you know, I I don't think you, I, I don't know how you you uh, you uh, you stop that, but you know, it's it's not nice to see that um, where a game a good five minutes of a game can be can be run down by you know guys just passing the ball between the two forty yard lines and 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 going yeah. over. Um, you know, I've I actually saw that I thought. Maybe maybe it's because I watched more games this year because there was no, there was nothing else to do. But I thought I saw a lot of that happen this year. Um, you know, you don't want to see that. No, you definitely. Yeah. You mentioned the cards there, Cormac, and uh, I'm trying to recall, but I don't know what color card you got there recently in our last football game. We won't mention. <laughs> <laughs> you know, was it the referee said? The referee said, Cormac, or you're late to that. What did you tell him again? Yeah, yeah. So I, the, the ref told me, I said, geez, you know, he said, listen, you were very late there. And I said, listen, I got there as fast as I could. Um, <laughs> but he, he didn't he didn't see the funny side of it. Um, and uh, he, uh, he he gave me the card. Uh, ah, yeah, look, at that's, that was, I have to admit now, like I've had I've lots, of, lots of highs. I, that was very disappointing um, to get two yellow cards uh, in a game that was that tight and was in was in the melting pot right up to the end. Like somebody with my experience, um, you know, playing as long as I've been playing, should never have went for that second tackle. Never. It was it was it was just it, it was a very silly silly thing to do. No comment. Um, I regret getting sent up. Yeah, great that we actually got out to play again. You know, we were looking there a long time with no matches, so it was great mm. to get out and stuff. Yeah, even it was great to see the intercounty matches. I know, I know they were late in the air and stuff. And I look back at you know the Cork and Kerry. Yeah. It was so exciting there in injury time. You know, Cork beating Kerry in the last kick of the ball. Which I remember at the time reminded. Yeah, me, it was brilliant. Yeah, it was fabulous, wasn't it? And um, reminded me a bit there of the the old Leinster yeah. final in twenty ten, Cormac. You know, the week county came very close. That <laughs> you know, there was a there was a very late late injury time um, situation. Can you just tell the Oh, or give us your feelings about it. I'll tell you. Well, can I can I just say I was in great form till you brought that up, Danny. I was in flying form, but <laughs> um, oh, lads, <laughs> Jesus! Hey, I gotta tell you, I was at that game, right? And I was at that. I brought my dad to the game. Oh yeah, um, yeah, we were there. Two of us were there. Twenty ten. We were in the stand, and it was it was actually it was a great game, a really entertaining game of football. So it was Louder playing Mead in the um, in the Leinster final, Leinster senior football final. Now a Loud Mead clash would be it would be even even at a higher level than a Cork carry. You know, there's there's absolutely no love lost between the two counties. Um, you know, the, we claim that they've actually stolen some territory in Drogheda. There, there's there's grey lines as to where the actual border is. Um, you know, and uh, so there's absolutely there's zero. Zero love lost between um, uh, Loud and Mead. We first time that we'd gotten to the Leinster final in Jesus, I don't know how long. Um, but I went up to it with my dad. My dad was at the All Ireland final when um, Loud beat Cork. By the way, lads, just to let you know, uh, in 1957, he was there uh, as a fella um, uh, all the way back then. So he was going again to this time. We went up and um, we had a great day, fabulous day. We had a few points in in Quinns beforehand over to the match and. You know the crack was good, and all the the Lear boys were there, and the, and you know there was good banter going, and um, a good honest game of football, good honest game of football up until the last 
60 seconds. Um, and for anyone who's, who hasn't seen it, just Google it on YouTube. But basically, um, uh, Mead, in the last, I'd say literally two kicks of the ball before the game was over, they're full forward, uh, caught the ball, and essentially dived across. It was a try. Like, you know, if it was Leinster against Munster, it would be a valid try. You know, five points, move on. And he placed the ball um, over the... Uh, over the line, and uh, Mead ended up winning by a point. But my dad, I actually thought he was going to have a heart attack. Um, he, like, it's funny because you can see why, like, obviously what happened afterwards with the lads storming the pitch and, and uh, you know, giving the ref a puck is not the right thing to do. It reminded me of the, the, uh, the, the, the Trump supporters storming uh, the Capitol there a few weeks ago. Do you remember they all teared in? It was something like that. The loud boys all took to the pitch. But, you know, we were up in the top tier of whatever was it, the Hogan or the Cusick or whatever stand it was. Um, but if my dad was pitch side, if he was down pitch side, he'd have, he'd have been on the pitch. Seriously, like he was, and I don't know if we, we were all, you know, we were all the same. Um, it was, it was, without a shadow of a doubt, it was one of the biggest uh, travesties that, that's happened the whole uh, in, the, in the GA. It's, it's, uh, yeah, and we never recovered. Loud, loud football hasn't recovered since. I think we're all the way back to, to, to Division 4 now at this stage. Um, you know, and it was on the up and up, but that was, that was just, Oh, I might never, like, you know, if you look at Leinster, if you look at Leinster now, I mean, when are Loud going to win Leinster um, again? You know, you just look at the sheer, yeah, lucky, we could spend an hour talking about about the state of that, right? But yeah. uh, but thanks for bringing it up, Danny, actually, by the way. Yeah, thanks for... <laughs> <laughs> we'll, move, we'll move on from Loud. We'll give you a bit of a break from all these bad memories, Carmel. Um, thanks, Tim. Some quick fire questions here that we'll, we're going to ask all our guests. Um, so, who was the biggest messer in the, in the dress rooms that you've played with? In Rapikin, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, Jesus, I'd say what? Um, oh, well, while he was here, Hennessy was an absolute messer, right? Um, followed very closely by Emmett Leahy, um, and right on his tails is is Keen Clifford. You know, like the three stooges, those boys were some messers. Not even in the dressing room, out the in the pub afterwards. Like, God forbid you'd leave your phone on, on the, the bar counter. Like, um, you know, what a, some great crack, like brilliant crack. But, but, um, yeah, they're there. The, it would be a close run race between the three of those boys now, I'd say. And but, who was uh, a player you hated to mark in training? I hated to mark in training. There's only one answer. Like, there's a lot common fella um, who every every forward would, would hate to have to mark, right? So Dermot, uh, Dermot was 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 a, a tough guy to mark because Dermot trained. You said in training, right? So Dermot trained. Dermot trained the way you played, the right way to train. Like Dermot, there was no there was no letting off at Dermot. <clears throat> there was no ah, this is only a training session. Dermot trained proper. Um, you know, if he was marking in training, you were in for a tough, tough battle. There was no quarter given or asked, in fairness. But um, yeah, whereas some other lads now in training, yeah, sure, look, you know, let him get the ball and sure, whatever. But not with Dermot. Dermot was, Dermot was full throttle, um, whether it was training or football or a game. Just um, uh, Brendan Hearn wouldn't be too far behind him now, in fairness. But I, I'd have marked them. Um, I'd have marked uh, uh, Dermot purely. 
because of the position I would have played him down through the years. And yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, mm. yeah, he would be the fella you don't like to be marking. Now, listen, having said that, I got the upper hand on him every single time. <laughs> uh, who was a player that you wanted on the pitch for the close matches? No, the close matches. Yeah, we played with most of the same bunch down through the last 14 odd years, right? But, you know, I think most people, obviously you know Dermot will be one but I would I would single out Brendan Ahern um, when it came to those close matches and you wanted somebody in the trenches and like you know in the trenches um, you know he's your only man like he would he would just die on the pitch to, to get a now, look there's, there's a lot similar to him but you know uh, his brother Sean wouldn't be too far away at all but, you know, I've seen Brendan, in fairness, uh, lift teams, um, you know, whether I was uh, managing or, or playing myself. Um, you know, I've seen him, I've seen him do that uh, probably more than any other. So, yep, if it was in the trenches, uh, no better man for the job. And uh, last to the quickfire ones now, who's the best player you've played with over your your career. Oh, that's, that's, that's a political, that's a, that's a, that's a, a hand grenade there. Like, you know, that's a, <laughs> <laughs> you could lose friends over that one. It's either a mini comma. One of us. Sorry. It's either, yeah, yeah. One of you yeah. It's a toss up between the two of you. The best player for rap Eakin, Right. So do you know what? And I don't want, I don't want to dodge the question, but let me tell you, um, people, and I will give a definitive answer to this, right? I will, that I'm thinking of it. But when you think of the best player, there's players do different things, right? So, you know, as I said, they're the likes of Dermot and, and Brendan and, and Sean and, you know, Dinny and your day as well. Like, you know, they, you know, those are, those are boys you wanted when the push came to the show. They were always there, but they were always there every day, right? Very seldom had they a down day. Um, you know, they were, they, they always played at the same, the same level and never, you know, never, never took a holiday, um, when it came to playing the game. Right. But then you had other players who would do things, um, that were phenomenal, you know, in fairness, uh, the, um, begins, um, Brendan, you know, could, could turn a match, um, you know, very, very solid player. You know, Clifford, in fairness, probably the laziest person to tug out for at Pekin uh, on the pitch. But then he could turn around and do, you know, do something phenomenal that it uh, that it um, turn a game or, or you know, get the, get everybody going. Um, but I'll tell you, the the best player that I've played with and probably managed most that had the best potential and he doesn't play anymore and hasn't played for a while is um, a guy called Keno Driscoll. That, he, in my opinion, he had it all, right? He showed up every single, when he, when he played, um, he gave it a hundred percent. He, he had an engine to go from backs to forwards. He's skillful. He could see a game. He could read a game. Um, you know, a very unassuming type of an individual. You know, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a flash Harry, you know, he just, but you could tell that he had something he could read, like reading a game isn't the easiest thing to do. Um, you know, games can pass lads by if they're not reading it properly, but he could read a game. Um, he could play. So he's probably, you know, in terms of as the same box and pound for pound, uh, you know, the best player with the most potential, I would, I would have to see him. Uh, he, he was, uh, he was a great, great lad on the pitch. And, you know, you would, you, yeah. you'd wouldn't you? you trust him. Speaking of which, Cormac, oh, 100%. you're back managing again this year. Um, I don't know, is it four or five years since you were last uh, in charge of the football team? Are you looking forward to it? Or I know it's difficult with the uh, 
the times we live in, right? But, you know. Uh, yeah, no, look, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, with yourself and yourself and, and, and parents are going to take up the, 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 the baton now this year. Look, it's, it's going to be difficult. You know, it, it is. But I think for us, uh, it's a building, it's going to be a building exercise for the next few years. Um, you know, there's, no matter what way we look at it at Rat Peak, and there's, there's a core of the team that are now just getting to an age where it's just not realistic to, to expect lads to keep playing. You know, I'm not going to name guys because guys, you know, they'll, 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 in their heads, they'll think they can play for another 50 years. Um, but, you know, if you stand back and look at it objectively, you know, you got to say that there's a core bunch of the team that are going to be, you know, transitioning out over the next few years. So it's, 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 a, it's a big three to five years for Rapikin to see can we take the club um, you know, uh, through this period of, of, of changeover because, the, you know, that's the bottom line. That's what we are looking at. Um, and it's going to be difficult uh, to, to do that because we're a small club, but we got to start building that community spirit again and get people, uh, you know, this brilliant things like this and what you guys are doing um, uh, on, on the website side of things and just getting, that, getting the club out there and start to get people... Um, excited and passionate about being from uh, being from Rapikin and playing for Rapikin. Um, I think that's what we need to try and do. You know, just instill that community uh, spirit because there's lots of people living in the area. Um, you know, I, I, I 400 people going to that school up the road there or whatever it is. You know, we need to be uh, you know appealing to to uh, you know those those people and their their brothers and whatnot um, to try and build the club out. In terms of, you know, just the managing side. Yeah, listen, I think what we're going to do, we're going to try a few things different. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to I've got some really mad ideas in my head in terms of how we could potentially play the game. Um, I think we need to try a few, a few things a little bit different. Um, you know, I think we have to recognize, um, you know, we have to recognize what we got in terms of where the, the players are at and make the most of that. Uh, in terms of how we set up and how we play. Um, I think, Jesus, Dini, I'd say it's six or seven years since we were last uh, in, in charge. It's, it's a- yeah, I was trying to remember today, Cormac, and I, I, I said five, but yeah, you could be right. It could be a couple of years more. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. So when you think about it, like, you know. But, um, so yeah, so look, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenging year. Look, and who knows when we're going to get back onto the pitch again. The last um, time you were involved, Cormac, you know, there was, um, and I've heard it repeated years upon years. I've heard it all over the world, you know. Like, one of your famous tactics back then was, lads, no fouling in the bowl. <laughs> like, none of us understand what it means. Can you explain what it means? <laughs> Jesus, that's going to be written on my tombstone, you know that. Um, no, <laughs> no fouling in the barrel. So, look, uh, and there'll be, more, there'll be more of that in the year ahead. But... <laughs> I remember when Keen joined. So, uh, Keen joined his first training session, and she goes, "I don't know what he wants me to do." <laughs> <laughs> but what I was, what I was trying to get, and this is, this is, this is, uh, this is no disrespect to all junior B and junior C players throughout the country, but um, it, it's that it, their their accuracy at kicking from open play wouldn't be the best. Now I don't know what the uh, collective stats are. For, for, for teams so uh, a lot of scores in, in matches come from freeze and a lot of scores from freeze come from freeze inside the bowl right <laughs> so the bowl <laughs> is a circle 
that's up close to uh, to the goals. Um, that if you foul in there and give away a free, you might as well kick the ball over the bar yourself because it's going to be put over the bar. So there's no problem in fouling all the way out in the sideline, this side or that side. But if you foul in the bowl, you might as well kick the ball over the bar yourself because you're handing them, um, you're handing them a free. So uh, it, it took a while to get that into people's head, but it actually did work. Um, and it's the exact same with scoring, right? If you look at, if you look at the the Dublin team, right? So like I always say, I I reckon the Dublin team don't, and I, I don't mean to be picking on them, but they're the most successful team in in decades. So we have to, right? Um, I always reckon they don't actually play football. They play probabilities, right? They boil the game down to probabilities and they work on probabilities. So they say to themselves, the probability of me scoring outside the 40-yard line on the left or right-hand side are 5%. The probability of me scoring inside the 40-yard line, left or right, are 15%. The probability of me scoring from the corner flag are zero. Now, junior B clubs will still take shots from all of those positions. Um, whereas the probability of scoring in this circle in front of the goal is 85, 95%. So Dublin spend all their time trying to get the ball into the highest probability zone on the pitch. That's all they do. They're just playing the probabilities. Um, and it works. Uh, you know, I've never done it, but I guarantee if you plot it out where all their scores come from um, on any given day, uh, they're all going to be within that probability zone where the probability is higher. And that's all they're doing, passing the ball around. They're only trying to get the probabilities increased. So yeah, that's I, my theory on... You make, you make it sound simple, Cormac. I'd, I'd argue they're still good footballers, but, you know... I know, yeah, no, don't, don't get me wrong. They are good. I will, I will agree with you. They are, they're, they're, they're supreme athletes. They're, 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 they're really, they really are. And there's some really wonderful players on that team. No Keen, you can take the man out of the load, but he won't forget his roots, right? He, he still hits. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, finally, Cormac, I suppose it's tough times for everyone now and um, from all walks of, of life. Like, how are you doing with lockdowns and restrictions and, um, all of that yeah god it is isn't it um so i think uh so i think you know what if, if we look at say we look at the first time uh the first time the first lockdown back in you know march april um i think that was a novelty uh it was you know nobody done it before nobody knew what was going to happen you know there was an element of of kind of like fear and uh, also kind of half excitement as to you know how is all this going to work um the weather was good, sun was shining, the days were long. It wasn't that bad, right? You know, it wasn't that bad. We, you know, we were still able to mix, you know, um, within smaller, smaller pods and smaller groups. And, you know, um, it, was, it, it was manageable. Uh, and it all, it, like, it, it seemed like while COVID was there, personally, I can only speak personally, I didn't know that many people the first time around that had gotten it or, or had been sick by it or God forbid had died from it. Right? It just didn't, it didn't impact me personally. Um, you know, this time I think is much, I think it's way, and, and the, the, the level of, of um, uh, community spirit and, and, you know, countrywide spirit first time was, was, was brilliant. Right. I don't think we're seeing that this time around. Right. Um, so first of all, the weather's shit. You know, today was was miserable day. Yesterday was a bloody miserable day. You know, the evenings are shorter. Um, it's it's not. It's a much harder lockdown this time around. 
Um, you know, I'm not seeing, uh, you know, while people are doing very good, you're not seeing the same thing this time around. If you remember the last time there was like, you know, um, videos of, of Gardy dancing in the streets and there was videos of this person doing that. And you don't see any of that uh, uh, this time around. Um, and I think also this time around, you know, um, it's, it's getting closer to home. Uh, you know, I've had a number of family members who've been sick from it, uh, you know, brothers, sisters, all, thank God, you know, are, are, are all well and there's, they've all recovered. You know, recently we lost a, a neighbor up the road from it, um, you know, so mm. it, it's impacting, uh, uh, I think, a lot harder um, this time around. And I, I also think, you know, for me, you know, personally, um, I am definitely finding it harder this time around. Uh, you know, well, I'm normally a pretty, pretty upbeat um, type of a guy, but you know, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to work, you're trying to juggle the kids. Um, so it's, 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 it's difficult this time, right? But look, having said that, um, you got to do, you got to, people got to get out, you got to get out, whether it's a walk, a run, a cycle, um, you know, just to try and keep active. Because the, the thing that this time around, the variety of your life, is it isn't there you know you get up in the morning you 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 know you get your breakfast you get the kids ready to do their home school and you go into the office and you do all of that in the space of like 10 yards right whereas before lockdown you're getting up in the morning you're getting into your car you're going into town you're stopping for coffee you're talking to the person in the coffee shop you know i ran in i've run into dinny a few times on my way into work you'd stop for coffee you'd have a chat you'd all go to you'd go to work you go you know whereas your variety of life now is 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 diminished so you, you gotta you, you gotta just look at ways to to you know uh, keep your keep your brain and keep yourself active you know um, that's that's not ain't easy though you speak for a lot of us Cormac when you say those words you know we're, a lot of us are feeling the same and stuff and you know we're all looking forward mm. to going back to the pitch and going over to the pitch and going training again yeah like uh, to be honest we're we're so excited to see what those plans that you have coming for us are because you know it'll be good. <laughs> Cormac, that, that's you might be excited. <laughs> I know that's great stuff, and you know, thanks very much for your time to Cormac. Um, we've, you know, we've all had the point here, and you know, so we'll uh, we'll get this out soon, yeah. and people will come back and let us know how they, let us know how it went and stuff. Yeah. So keen with that, I guess we'll. Uh, we'll no, nah, listen, lads, I think it's 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 brilliant. It's a great initiative. I think uh, you know a lot of a lot of a lot of people have, have will have a bit of crack with this. And um, again, it's, as I said, it's given, given, it's a bit of variety for me. I'm sitting having a chat with you two guys having a pint. Um, you know, what else would you want on a, on a Sunday evening, you know? Um, so no, I have to, you have to be applauded for it, lads. Well done. Slaunch Cheers, lads. Well Slaunch done. it.